Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And alongside me tonight, folks, is the newfound resident of Madison, Wisconsin. He's back home. The man himself, Nicholas Osen of 24-7 Sports, back in Madtown, the 608, covering his alma mater, Wisconsin Badgers football, this coming weekend. Folks, it is going to be a rollicking time at UW's campus this weekend as we'll both be at the camp Saturday afternoon against Georgia Southern. Nick, welcome home. How are you doing tonight, my brother? You know, I wish I wish our amazing listeners could see my smile. You know, it's been a really interesting little bit kind of long and drawn out process since we knew this could be a possibility. A lot of sadness and nerves from leaving, a lot of excitement for what's next. We've got our spot picked out, my brother. Most of our stuff moved in. And yes, as of earlier this week, myself and my co-host and partner here, Noah, will both be at this game this Saturday. It's going to be crazy, crazy quick turnaround, but we are excited. In a weekend that's looking pretty loaded for some football. Nick, you absolutely said it best. Camp Randall back home in the 608. I could not pass up the opportunity to be there for some live action football, of which I have not seen since last November when I took a trip to Notre Dame Stadium which is far too long for me to not be in person watching the beautiful game. So a little hop, skip, and a jump down to Madison is no problem for me, folks. Let's strap in for a wild one, as this news may be some of the only positives uh, coming out of our camp, as we know very well how the Bears did in week one. So thank you for tuning in, folks. And as always, all right nick as i alluded to our beloved chicago bears thoroughly disappointed in week one's season opener home opener against the arch rival green bay packers a complete slaughter in a negative direction 38 to 20 was the final score and I would say that just about everything that could have gone wrong did on both sides of the football. And there are a handful of people to blame for so many blunders that went on Sunday afternoon at Soldier Field. But the biggest culprit on either side of the football is the offensive coordinator, Luke Getze. Good heavens, did he call, as you would say, a stinker of a football game, Nick. Arguably the worst play calling I have ever witnessed. He did not cater the call sheet to Justin Fields' strengths or the strengths of his new wide receiving core with the highlight marquee player being DJ Moore. He only touched the ball twice on Sunday in his debut 
with the Chicago Bears. Two catches for 25 yards. Is that good? Absolutely not. DJ Moore is supposed to be the premier wide receiver on this offense, and we could not get him the football if we tried to on Sunday against the Green Bay Packers. Of course, he was guarded heavily by Jair Alexander, one of the best corners in the game right now. But we didn't even attempt to get him the ball through four quarters of play when we were down the entire second half. It was screen after screen after screen. The Packers figured it out early. And talking about catering to the strength of the offense, this offense does not block well in the flat for our running backs that were getting these little dump-offs by Justin Fields. So truly an abysmal performance by our offense. And factoring in that score, our defense has a ton to work on heading into week two down in Tampa. So I want to hear your thoughts overall on the game, Nick, because I am disgusted at this point as our hopes were so high going into week one and they were immediately shattered right around the second half kickoff. Yeah. You know, I think if we're being honest here, you know, my brother, you're usually somebody to maybe over overreact if things are negative, you know, things like that. But I have to say, you're not really overhyping anything. That game was a train wreck. It was that way from very early on in this game. And there aren't really even any avenues that we can really like take. Oh, this was a positive. Oh, this was, you know, we can't even say at least everybody came out healthy because we know that didn't happen. You made a terrific point on DJ Moore. That's a major disappointment. You know, Justin Fields didn't play his best game, but it wasn't, like you said, close to his fault. The line was a C minus at best. Play calling was a D plus at best. And if if you said this, I missed it. But man, Chase Claypool was an absolute disappointment. And I don't talk like that. Like we were both very excited about that addition. I think it likely isn't going to pay off. And, and that's okay if a trade happens and it doesn't fully pay off. But man, it was looking like he really didn't give a single thought about the Chicago Bears on Sunday. One of the biggest games of the year. We know this. I know that we respect the Green Bay Packers. You know I like some of those players and think that – I mean, I said to you and, and our good friend Max that I thought they would be pretty good this year. Like I never thought this was going to be an easy game or anything, but that was, and I will use this word, a pathetic performance in week one. On the one hand, it's early, but on the other, as we'll get to in a few minutes, doesn't necessarily get a lot easier these next few weeks as well. Nick, you lead right into the schedule that we have ahead of us very nicely, and it truly makes me so nervous knowing what we saw at Soldier Field on Sunday afternoon and then heading on the road against the team in the Buccaneers that just handled 
and I mean handled a division rival of ours in the Minnesota Vikings, only allowing them 17 points, a team that was scoring in the high 20s and low 30s on a regular basis last year. That defense is stout and almost resembles the defense of a few years ago that went on to win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady on the other side of the ball. So I am in no way, shape, or form anticipating a win by our beloved Chicago Bears on Sunday unless they've had a major culture shift in just a handful of days after getting a shellacking from the Green Bay Packers. So to kind of round out my thoughts on Sunday's game and give expectations for the matchup against the Buccaneers, let me say this, folks. We talk about the offense. We're not giving the defense enough criticism, and we will, but this tells you everything you need to know of how atrocious this football game was. Justin Fields, a dual-threat quarterback, threw the ball 37 times, which I would argue is too many for him. And, of course, we were chasing in the second half and scored a garbage-time touchdown that meant nothing because we went on and threw an interception for a touchdown. Of those 37 passes, Justin Fields averaged five yards per completion. That is unacceptable in the modern era of football. We cannot have these checkdowns. We need to move the ball past the sticks. How many times on Sunday afternoon do we see a third and long and the play did not go anywhere near the first down marker? They were not playing to win at all. At any point in that second half, did the Bears have a sense of urgency to catch up? They had no business being on the field with the Green Bay Packers. And it makes me sick to say it because I was not expecting such a fluid performance by the new man in Jordan Love. He threw three touchdowns and... Of course, the stat line will look better than how he played overall, but you can't knock a guy who assumes the starting role for a historic franchise and goes and wins in a hostile environment and also throws three touchdowns in the process. So overall, the game, like you would say, Nick, is a dumpster fire, and we need to somehow move forward from it. But I am struggling so much because we had a great deal of anticipation around this season and expectations for winning. And we could be staring down the barrel of an 0-3 start unless we somehow steal one on the road at Tampa this week because you know darn well we are getting obliterated. obliterated at Arrowhead Stadium in week three. Man, I'm not sure if it's just because I'm tired and needed a little boost or what, but the way you're just, you're kind of going all off, you know, on these guys and 
usually there are some glimmers of hope within there. I will say first, I'm not sure I've ever said dumpster fire, but <laughs> I had to. But no, in all sincerity, you know, I, I've had a lot going on and I didn't want to spend too much thinking on it. But, you know, no, you're not far off at all about the potential of an 0-3 star. Truly. Now, I, it's funny. I, I saw the total of about one and a half football games on a Sunday, which is terrible. I know it should be more. But that Buccaneers-Vikings game, here's the thing. Tampa's a very, very, very beatable team. I think that if the Bears play even a B-type game, B-plus, they can win because I like their talent. Tampa has some studs on both sides, some getting older, of course. I don't think either of us fully trust Baker Mayfield. I think there's probably a part of us that's a little happy for him, you know, still kind of sticking in the league truly. And, you know, the Buccaneers are a team we've kind of liked these last few years. But one, and I'm not a, you know, I'm never a blame the refs guy. I'm never blame the coaches. What was up with that game plan from Luke Getzey? That That is my biggest issue. That cannot translate. I like Justin Fields in a, clear straight duel against baker mayfield sometimes these tight games turn into that we know that he has the talent we know he has the capability and we know he has the work ethic so i saw a tweet from somebody and i don't want to let my head get there but it's getting close to maybe the bears and our uncle that we have a great relationship with maybe the bears just can never develop quarterbacks well which I'm not a doom and gloom type guy. I don't think that's the case, but I'm 26, I'm 27 years old. We haven't seen them ever develop one. The best guy we've seen came over via trade, one of your all-time favorite Bears. So it's really unfortunate. It's disappointing. It's deflating. It takes a lot of excitement out of the beginning of the season. I ain't giving up on this thing. But if we don't see A, progress, and B, a win in these next – I mean, what is week four? I don't even remember, but I believe that's a tough game too. It's, yeah, it's either, I don't know, Washington on national TV or Denver game or something. We need to see that very soon or we're going to A, you know, be in for one of the worst seasons we've ever seen, and then that's when people, unfortunately, lose their jobs. Nick, I'm already to the point where a certain handful of people on the coaching staff should be losing their jobs, and we've only watched one football game of this young NFL season. And you talk about this matchup with the Buccaneers. I have always had an affinity for the way Baker Mayfield plays the game and the moxie that he has out on that football field, and he shines in his debut with the Buccaneers, immediately forming a connection with the future Hall of Famer Mike Evans, who we both love, and he won on the road in Minnesota against a team that just won their division a year ago and had one of the most storybook regular seasons that we've seen in recent memory. So that was a great win for this team that has a new starter, and a great deal of weapons around him. And I would argue that the Buccaneers are a complete team because that defense has been 
one of the top units in football ever since Tom Brady came into the fold a handful of years ago. This is where I stand right now, Nick. I absolutely love Justin Fields. I think he is the quarterback for this franchise, and we can still develop him where we believe his talents can go, and that is to the ultimate height of being a top-five quarterback in this league and hopefully winning a Super Bowl. But is it with this coaching staff? I do not know because Luke Getze needs to burn the playbook that he had in front of him on Sunday and cater to the strengths of his offense. It's so simple. You have a superstar talent at the quarterback position in terms of running the football. And then you had all offseason for that QB wide receiver duo to work together, develop a relationship on and off the field, which seemingly they have. But now it has to translate to Sundays. And it clearly did not against the Green Bay Packers. If we don't see something down in Tampa, I'm going to get astronomically more worried about what this season could look like. You talk about week four, potentially a win against the Broncos at home, and then a quick turnaround to Washington, who won their week one game against, obviously, an abysmal Arizona Cardinals. But yes, Nick, this first month, month and a half of football is not going to be easy for these Bears, and they have to somehow string a few wins together. So... I am concerned. I'm not feeling confident whatsoever going into Sunday. But, Nick, I want to hear your offensive and defensive bold predictions before we take a look at some of the other games going on around the NFL because outside of the Bears, it was a blast watching the beautiful game from Thursday all the way into Monday night. Yeah, you know, that's that's really fortunate. I didn't get to watch as much as usual or as much as I'd love to. It's tough during football season, but we'll touch on that in a bit. I'll, I will say I'm a little more confident than you in our Bears going into this weekend. Uh, I'm actually, yeah, we'll go. I'll give you offense, defense right now if that works for you. Offense, I'm going to keep this simple. It ain't as bold as I usually go. I'm just simply going to say that Luke Getze calls a near-perfect game. And Justin Fields accounts for... Because I think he's going to be able to run on this team. I do think that. Because they'll try to rush him and he'll get out of the pocket. I'll say, well, it's bold. So, accounts for about 300. Again, I, I think that's as you make that face that that face with your eyebrows over there. It's going to be bold based on what we've seen, but I think it's capable. This one isn't that crazy, especially because we've seen what Baker Mayfield can can do, and you know he's not perfect. That offense has some weapons. They they really do. It's a complete team, like you mentioned. Shoot, they can win their division. But bold prediction combination of four between sacks and turnovers hopefully obviously that's 
two and two, one sack, two, three turnovers for the Bears, you know, that would obviously be much better and likely lead to some more points. Again, it's bold. I don't think it will happen, but if things go that way, I'm going to roll with it and route to a very short Bears victory. Nick, I'm extremely grateful that you are predicting a Bears victory because I am going to be on the opposite end of the spectrum in this one because I am so downtrodden after what I saw on Sunday afternoon, evening. This team does not look ready to play in the National Football League. And I don't believe there's a coaching staff across all 32 teams that can take what happened on Sunday and turn it into a victory just seven days later because there is so much work that needs to be done on every phase of this football team. I mean, I do not want to knock Justin Fields because I am incredibly high on his capabilities when it comes to the game of football, but he looked like a college player out there. Let's be real. He threw a pick six down the middle of the field where a receiver was not anywhere in the vicinity of the football. I mean, there were boneheaded plays all over the field. Defensively, it was the Aaron Jones show as the Bears were not interested in tackling him, whether he was a receiving threat or in the run game. I mean, Eddie Jackson was shying away from contact, and this is supposed to be a captain and leader of our defense. So for my bold predictions, Nick, they're simple but extremely bold, especially if the Bears are going to come away with a victory in this one. Offensively, it's no interceptions. Can Justin Fields take care of the football and make smart throws down the field, 10 yards and beyond, make that connection with DJ Moore and have a clean game. Defensively, we have to get back to that identity of shutting teams down early, setting the precedent that we are coming for you. You're not going to enjoy going across the line against the monsters of the midway. So I will say this. This is For the Bears to win, they will have to hold the Buccaneers' offense to two or less touchdowns. They may have a handful of field goals in there, but keep Baker Mayfield out of the end zone. That is the goal. Do I think it's achievable with this unit? Probably not. That's why we call it a bold prediction. (laughs) And Nick, I would be over the moon and pleasantly surprised if this team can have a quick turnaround and come away with a victory. But at some point I have to be realistic because good Lord, we had every weapon in place for this new season and all the excitement just gets stripped from us in one fell swoop. It's sickening. And I hope things can turn into a positive direction here soon. You know, as usual, As I said on another great show I did this week, you know, these things are flying. The show is flying. Got to mention a couple other games I want to see as I make this move back. But let me just say, 
I don't want to be the guys to freaking overreact too much because I don't think the Chiefs are screwed. I don't think the Bengals are going to be terrible. And all these things happen in week one. So just want to point that out. But we need a win in the next two weeks. Or, yeah, we could be looking at a 3-1 season. That There's no doubt about that. As for other games, we are recording this Wednesday evening. I cannot wait. My last night in my current place to check out Vikings-Eagles. Eagles are really good. Vikings should be better than they looked. A lot of good fantasy players in that one. I'm intrigued by that, as well as Browns-Steelers Monday night. Browns had one of the best wins of week one. I think that the Steelers are much better than they looked, I would think, with some of their talent, young talent and coaching. So we will have to see what that really looks like on Monday. So no Sunday games, I guess, I picked. But should be a fun NFL weekend. Nick, going along with games around the league that we are excited about, I want to hear your pick of the week in terms of which team is going to win and possibly cover a spread that may be out there. I personally am most excited about outside of Bears, Buccaneers down in Tampa, Raymond James Stadium. I am most excited about a rematch from the postseason. Two of the better young quarterbacks in this league right now. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is the best of all 32 teams and a young ascending quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. You said you're not ready to panic and call it a season for the Kansas City Chiefs after losing week one. And I'm right there with you, Nick. I am picking the Kansas City Chiefs to get right in week two. It is a very tight spread. Right now, it's three and a half in favor of the Chiefs. If I were a betting man, I would certainly take that side. As Patrick Mahomes was disgusted with the way his offense performed against the Detroit Lions in the NFL kickoff. And I know that will not be repeated this weekend, even though the Jacksonville Jaguars are a stellar young team that is looking to make its second consecutive playoff berth this season. Yeah, that was my pick, but I don't want to do a repeat. So I'm going to go a little different than I normally would. I think that the Patriots defeat the Dolphins at home. I believe I believe it's a Sunday night game. I think they win, but my pick doesn't have to be that they win, but that they cover their three points they're being awarded. I think that the Patriots, against a really good team in the Eagles, did some good things in week one. I like the Dolphins. I don't love them as much as a lot of people. Chargers-Titans game, also worth mentioning, the loser of that game falls to 0-2. Now, of course, everyone early on hopes to get to the playoffs, but – Two legitimate potential playoff teams, obviously Chargers in a tough division, but the Titans are in the easiest one, and that'll come down to them and the Jags who wins it. Jags are looking pretty complete. Should be a great week two. Hopefully I get to enjoy a little bit. Nick, it seems we're staying out in the AFC with our games that we're most excited to watch outside of the Bears, and I completely forgot about Patriots-Dolphins. That one will be on a separate screen for me, no doubt, as 
I couldn't be more excited for Mac Jones and the Patriots because, yes, they lost in week one against Philly. But they showed some fight, and now they're going against an overhyped Miami Dolphins team. Yes, they can score a lot of points, but clearly there is no defensive prowess when it comes to that Dolphins team, Mm. allowing 30-plus points to the Chargers. So I'm hoping the Patriots come away with a victory because, as you said, these potential playoff teams are looking at 0-2 starts, and I know Bill Belichick will not allow that to happen. So, Nick, I am so grateful that we are in full swing with this NFL season and football in general. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. And good Lord Almighty, let's hope for a Bears win on Sunday and we can have a celebration next week as we look ahead to the Kansas City Chiefs. As always, folks, juice up, bear down forever.